Coach, with almost uh, three weeks um, just in between games, what are you most worried about going up into the next series? Yeah, you know, it's it's unfortunate because we were playing really well. Um, I thought the young guys were really starting to click. And under, part, of, part of youthfulness is understanding how hard you have to play uh, to understand the efficiency of executing at both ends. And we were really at that point uh, the highest we've been all year. I thought we played really well, two games against UNLV, two games against Boise, and we were really starting to see some things. And the unfortunate part is it hit us at the end of the year. Uh, some teams like UNLV it hit in December. Um, so it's just it's hit all of us except Air Force. Um, but we're a very fortunate league because it looks like everybody's going to get 16, 17, 18 league games in, which if you look across the country, that's not happening in most leagues. So we've been very fortunate that way. But it's tough to get shut down at this point. We saw it last night. Baylor, um, one of the best teams in the country, really struggles against Iowa State, who's, um, I think, last in the Big 12 at home. Uh, and they win right at the end. And and, and it, when you have three weeks off, you just don't know. And it's, again, it's part of a year that's not normal. There, at no point have us as coaches or players taken three weeks off in February. Uh, it just doesn't happen. So we've got to be patient as a, as a staff going to Logan. Um, you know, not that we don't know what to expect, but when you haven't gone up and down um, – in the in the routine like you're used to in February, because I, I think once you hit February and March, you're you're either really beat up uh, because of injuries or because of a great, a really difficult schedule, bad travel, those type of things. You're either beat up or you're really hitting your stride because you're in the best shape you've been in. And I think that's where we were uh, on the 7th of February. But now where we are now, that that's hard because you, you took seven complete days off in quarantine uh, and then we have, and when you come back off quarantine, it's not like we can get them out there and go five on five, body on body contact. We need three days of gradually getting the guys into that. So it's just a different process and uh, it's different, but uh, I like our guys' mindset. They've been tremendous through the whole thing. Uh, they've been positive through the whole thing um, and they've really worked hard on and off the court. And I'm very appreciative of that. Was there any benefits that you saw from the break that you had? No, no, I don't think there's a benefit because we were playing so well. Um, if we were, if we weren't playing well, then the benefit was, hey, it's a great break. <laughs> but but we were playing as well as we played all year, and I thought our, our, we had some young guys really catching momentum. You know, I brought up Daniel, for instance. Daniel missed two and a half months, gets thrown in at Wyoming, which is probably the worst place you can – you know, he probably thought he was about ready to die playing at 7,200 feet, and – your first game after two and a half months is, is at a place like that. And then he comes back and he gets in really good rhythm. I'm talking about conditioning wise through those four games. And now we're shut down again. So that's hard on somebody that had to miss so much. And, but I thought we started getting in a really good rhythm, both offensively and defensively as a team. Uh, so I don't think there's any positives to it, um, but it is something we just got to deal with like the other teams in the league. And, now we got to come out of it and see if we can play as, as well as we possibly can because we obviously have four tough games before we get into the conference tournament. Take us to what you have been able to do over the last two weeks. Uh, what, what have you guys been able to do while you've been kind of shut down? Nothing for one week. Uh, one week was a complete quarantine. So for seven, eight days, there was nothing. There was no contact. There was no – coming to work. There was no players getting in the gym. Uh, it was a complete shutdown. And then 
the last seven days, we've been able to gradually, we were able to come back to work um, like normal, but then the team was gradually, it's like uh, the doctors would tell you, it's kind of like concussion protocol. You have to go through a series of two or three days of gradually getting, so a lot of individual work, uh, no contact. And then the last three days we've had contact. Coach, do you expect to have all your players available for the Utah series? Uh, we're waiting to see on that. Um, Zane has had a, a long time off uh, to rest those knees, but uh, right now we're still waiting to see uh, the time we get. We got another practice tomorrow, so we're waiting to see how how things look then. Um, and you know, I think he's probably going to be series to series, game to game. One of the more unique challenges you've had to face in your coaching career. I just wonder how difficult it was in your perspective the last few weeks and what you were trying to, I guess, maintain with the guys, given that you had to all separate. Yeah, we just really being honest with the guys of uh, one, just being I've been so pleased with them. This is not a normal year. Um, I've always thought student athletes are special to begin with because they're they're taking on the same amount of load academically uh, plus trying to do the things that they do athletically and being a former student athlete, I know what that took. I knew the, um, the demand on time, um, what it takes away from your normal, the normal college life that, that you would get, uh, whether it's socially or the freedom of picking and choosing when you want to study those type of things, student athletes go through a whole different deal. And I've been so pleased with our guys and they're young. You know, we got a lot of freshmen doing it for the first time. Um, and they've done a tremendous job of we've only got maybe a couple guys that actually are in a in-person class. Most of them are just online. So very different that you don't get to go do these things and experience college with your peers. And yet, you know, we've had our last two semesters have probably been the two best semesters they've had um, at Nevada and men's basketball uh, GP, GPA wise, our guys have done a fen- phenomenal job in the classroom. They've really listened to us on the court. Um, I love how they're developing. Um, they've been a great group to coach. So when we got back off COVID, it was really uh, just be as positive we, as we can as coaches and keep moving them forward because uh, and I guess I go back to my roots as a player. Um, I, I couldn't imagine going through this as a player. Uh, the missed games, the missed practices, um, the interruptions of development, the, the no off season development. I mean, you know, it was a abnormal summer. Uh, the, the summer development was, was not normal. So, uh, it's just been a odd, strange year and our guys have handled it extremely well. And I'm very proud of them for that. And we've going to have to be very patient as coaches going to Logan because you're, you take three weeks off from competition and now you got to go to the only place that's allowing fans um, we haven't played in front of fans since Grand Canyon. So it's been two and a half months since we played in front of fans. So they're the only league school that's really Boise now, I guess is up to a thousand, but you know, we're going to have at least 3000 probably in for the Utah state games. We haven't had that before. And so to make that travel and then try to find our way to San Jose and then bus back after that game, uh, to get back late at night and get ready in less than 48 hours to play Colorado state, who could be playing for a league title. Um, it's a very demanding stretch and one of which we got to be patient. Hopefully the guys can get some kind of rhythm in this week. Coach, what were your thoughts on the Mountain West giving you one game against San Jose State and then one game against CSU next week to make up for the postponed series? 
Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I think I, you're not going to win anything, <laughs> you know, because regardless of what uh, Craig Thompson, our commissioner, came up with, uh, there's going to be pluses and minuses to it. I, I like the fact we're going to end up playing everybody at least once if everything goes normal here. Again, we got to get through uh, everybody, both sides being uh, COVID free for two weeks. So we knew as coaches it wasn't going to be equitable this year. We could end up end up having a conference champion and it not be equitable. Probably not going to be equitable in meaning that you don't get to play everybody the same amount of times. You don't even play the same amount of games. You could have you could have a conference champ now that has maybe the same amount of losses but a different win, a different win total. So I think the coaches have done a good job. The players have done a good job. Everywhere we've been. Uh, people have been great, whether it's been hotels and we're talking, you know, you stay in, you stay in a downtown Marriott and we're a party of 30 and there might be five other people in the Marriott. It's just different. And so where we've stayed has been great. Uh, all the league schools have been great. Uh, everybody has tried to help each other. So I think that the way this year's folded out, we had no idea when we changed the format in December to playing everybody twice, but five home games, five road games, we knew that wasn't equitable, but as coaches, it's how can we have the best safety for everybody and how can we get as many games in as we can for our student athletes who didn't get postseason last year, uh, didn't get a summer, going to have a shortened non-conference. And now as we look at it, if everything goes normal over the last, next 10 days, every league team is going to play a minimum of 18 games. And when you look across the country, there are a lot of leagues that you got some teams that have played seven, eight, nine league games. And so I, I really commend our administrators. I commend our, our league office and Craig and his staff, all of our coaches and players throughout the league. We have done, I think, a really good job of one, safety, uh, and then two, taking all the things that have been thrown at us as a league and trying to get as many games in for our student athletes as we can. So um, I'm a big fan of what the Mountain West has been able to do. Steve, this is Josh Newman from the Salt Lake Tribune. How are you this morning? Doing very good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this is more of a big picture question. Um, it's been 24 seasons since a team from outside the Eastern time zone has been able to win the national title. Uh, as somebody who coached on the West Coast for several years and, and now you're coaching in the mountain area, are you able to pinpoint maybe why it's been so difficult for a Western-based team to break through over the last quarter century? And win the whole thing? Yeah, that's a hard one. I, I guess I haven't dove into that uh, <laughs> because that that is a hard one. I wouldn't even known that stat if you wouldn't have said that to right. me. But, uh, you know, obviously when you get – the one thing I've noticed when you get out west, you have greater travel. Um, yep. You know, you've got more land that you're covering and travel out west than what – beautiful land. Uh, <laughs> I think it's absolutely beautiful out west. But uh, you're covering a vast majority. We're in the east. You've got so many more schools together. You – you got like Duke and Carolina who are miles apart. So, you know, it's, there are a lot of bus trips. We're here where the travel's greater. So I think we've always talked about that though, in the mountain, my time in the mountain West, we've always talked about, you know, obviously being a league like the mountain West, you're trying to get as many in as you can, but then it's about seeding. And even when we were at New Mexico, I, our best teams, we had some really great seeds and then we didn't get past the second round. Um, and some of it, I think, has to do with you just get wore down. And, you know, I almost wish there was like the Super Bowl thing where you had a week after the conference tournaments where there was nothing instead of going right from conference tournaments to the national tournament. Um, 
I, I know it probably won't happen, but it, it is something that uh, I would think would help a lot of us just with getting healthy and having a separation of like the conference tournaments are hard, no matter where you're playing at. Those are hard to win three games in three days or four games in four days. But I think you'd really have a competitive, more healthy, maybe environment. Teams wouldn't be so beat up. And you wouldn't have the – I think you're see, you're getting to see now, you're getting a lot of teams that are like, well, why are we even going to go to the conference tournament? Um, we don't even care if we win the conference tournament because we're already in. We won the league or, or whatever it may be, these Power Five teams. You, you would knock that out too if you could have a week between to where you, you just build up a little bit more momentum to March Madness. But the East-West thing, that's a hard one. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously a lot more schools in the East than there are in the West. Just to follow that up, in terms of um... – in terms of recruiting, what are the what are the differences in the dynamics between you know recruiting in the Pac-12, recruiting in, in California versus maybe recruiting in the Midwest when you were in Iowa? Just some big picture yeah, differences think, there. Uh, again, the separation now LA is different because yeah. when I was at UCLA, you can uh, you can spend a lot of time in Los Angeles uh, just in that area because there's so many great players. Um, because of the number of people and number of high schools that are in that area. But, uh, you know, that's a little bit different than like just staying the normal PAC 12 team. You've got a, you're, you're now recruiting kids from the Midwest and East trying to get them to come West where when you're in the Midwest um, there's so many more players just in that, that area of the country uh, to choose from. The difference is when you're in the Midwest, like when I was at Iowa, you're competing against more schools too in recruiting. Like I find that out at UCLA. I wasn't recruiting against as many schools at UCLA as I was when I was at Iowa, being the two power fives that I was at. Um, and I think that has to do with just the proximity and the cities that you're in from that standpoint. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, Coach Andre Salveson from 106 on the Fan and Logan. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of the press conference today. Uh, I know Utah State's on a bit of a slide, but what have you seen out of the Aggies that's at least impressed you so far? Well, I don't see it as a slide. Uh, you know, they had to play at, at Boise, which is is not easy. Uh, and Boise's really good. We've already played Boise, so they're really good. I, I just think Craig's got another really good team. Um, I think Bean is a great leader. He's somebody that's been a part of a lot of the success they've had there. Keita. Uh, has been a part of a lot of that success there and is a premier player in our league. And, you know, I, I think when you look at this team, they're fundamentally sound. Um, they're one of the best defensive teams, not just in our league, but in the country. Uh, they're big, they're physical. Um, you know, the, the parts that have been added, Anthony and uh, Worcester, we think will probably be back for our game. Um, he's been out for a while with the foot injury, but um you know, when you get a, you got Anthony who can really do, I think they're about seven, eight deep, um, you know, and those seven, eight guys really know what they're doing and they're hard to score on and then they're hard to guard. So um, coming off three weeks and now you got to go do this, it's, it's not an easy test, uh, but it's one that we've got to go put our best foot forward and, and see what happens. But this is a, a very, very good team that's very hard to play against in their building. Thanks, Coach. Uh-huh. You've seen a bunch of uh, really good centers in the league this year. What what is stands out about Keita and just his game and what you the challenge he, he kind of uh, is going to present? Well, I, I think he played uh, um, not hurt, but I think he played with a lot of nagging injuries last year, and I think this year he's healthy. Uh, he's in great shape. He's healthy. He's confident. He's coming off now two games of thirty two and thirty. 
Um, you know, but he's somebody that can obviously score the basketball very well. I, I love his quickness. I love how he can go right shoulder, left shoulder. Most bigs can't do that. Uh, so he can go either shoulder uh, and with a great touch. Um, he's long. He gets to the rim. You, you say don't let him dunk it, and that's almost impossible. He finds a way to do that. A great rebounder. Um, he's a very good passer. A lot of bigs, if you look at stats, a lot of bigs have more turnovers and assists. He's got more assists than turnovers. So if you're going to trap him, you're probably giving up an open shot in rotation. You know, So it's like picking your poison. Um, and, and then he gets three and a half blocks a game. So he changes what you do offensively. He changes how you're going to guard. So when you got one person that you're trying to set your defense around, and you get that same person you're trying to set your offense around. That's a pretty special talent. And um, I think that speaks volumes to how he is as a player. What kind of things are you telling your bigs like Warren and, and, and KJ? What kind of things do you want them to try and do against him? Well, I think what we've got to do, um, and again, we got to be patient. Uh, I'm not playing for three weeks. We got to be patient. But we were really getting good rhythm with those guys of not getting in foul trouble. So we've got to continue that. And there's the you got to be in good position, not to foul. So how we position, how we help those bigs are going to be uh, essential because we got to give help. It can't just be one on one. And so they've got to stay out of foul trouble. They can't give up angles. Uh, but then I think it's going to be on all of us from a rebounding standpoint. I, I think maybe the best thing they do is rebound the basketball. They're they're one of the best 10, 15 teams in the country that that really do a good job on the backboard. That's defensive rebounds as well as offensive rebounds. So, again, that affects. we got to take good shots at one end because we're not going to get a lot of second shots. And then at the other end, we got to really be fundamentally defensively, but we can't give up two and three shots because the two and three shots lead to – donks fouls or kick out threes and they do a very good job of punishing you that that way on the backboard we saw, finally saw grant uh, land one of those player of the week honors right before the pause uh, is any part of you surprised about how effective he's been immediately or is this what you imagined uh, even when you had him going to westwood yeah you know we've i've known grant a long time so i know the competitiveness in him i know his talent uh, I just like what he's doing growing wise. He, he's growing defensively. He's growing how to lead a team. Uh, he's always been a scoring point guard mindset. And I'm not saying I want that to ever go away. But now what he's learned to do is, you know, I, I think he may be leading the, the conference in scoring and assist. That's hard to do. <laughs> there are not a lot of guys that uh, have done that in this league. You know, so he's scoring the ball well for us, but his decision making and his his ability to play make has been great on a team that, you know, we haven't been a great shooting team. And so for him to be leading the league and assist on a team that hadn't really found their rhythm yet development wise from a shooting standpoint tells me where his growth has been. And so I, and I've loved his consistency. He has been really consistent through 21 games. And if we are in a tight game, it's good having a guy like that, that um, understands how to make big plays and big shots. Coach, now you won't have a week off going um, into the tournament. So how much value do you put on momentum heading into the conference tournament? Well, after three weeks off, that's all we can do. Um, you know, we've had time off here. And uh, so now we got to get some kind of rhythm, some kind of mojo back with uh, how we go about playing. And, and we got tough opponents um, across the board to get ready for that. And then and you're trying to figure out seeding to whether, you know, you can stay in that by seed or if you got to play four games in four. So, there's a lot of work to be done coming off this shutdown. And, um, 
we're pretty healthy, so we got to hope that we can go in and play well. But, you know, we got four games and three of them are on the road. And the one home game is against a team that could be competing for a conference championship. So it's a very demanding stretch. And we got to hope that we play well and get some kind of our momentum back that we had in early February going into the league tournament. 